This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Dan Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to uh, Morning Breath. It is Wednesday, April 22nd. And we're so glad you've taken time out of your busy day to join us and get into the Word of God. Whatever time you're listening on 91.5 or maybe you're doing a podcast, however you're getting this, we're glad you're getting this and we're get, we get to get into the Word together. And I say together because we do that with the radio listeners, but as well, we also do that as a team here. Mark Cook is with me today. How are you doing, Pastor Mark? I'm great, Pastor Dan. How are you, sir? Really good. We want to welcome you. If you're new to Morning Breath, what we do is we take a chapter of the Bible, we read it. We personally read the chapter and spend some time with the Lord. And then we meet together at a studio we have here at, at East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island Campus. We then read the chapter on the air, and we talk about whatever God wants us to talk about as we get in it. And we don't know where we're going yet. I, I have a wide-margin Bible, and I take notes in my wide-margin Mark has a Bible in front of him. I don't see any notes. So we're kind of subject to the Holy Spirit, and that's what morning breath is all about. The Bible says every word of God is God-breathed. And so we're believing for God to breathe on us this morning. So, Mark, tell them how to get connected so they know which chapter to read so that God could breathe on them in their morning. Then we can get together and do morning breath together. Absolutely. But I have to ask you, how old is that wide margin Bible? Uh, I got this one about a year after I started morning breath. And so this, this wide margin, I have two of them. This wide margin is probably 15 years old. Wow. So, yeah. And you know, there's the old saying out there that if a Bible that's falling apart is usually owned by someone who's not, Pastor Dan and I say you embody that. Well, this this is a this <laughs> there's no cover on it and it starts at Genesis uh, 25 verse 7. So, <laughs> I've got the other pages um, tucked in my box. I actually keep my Bible in a box. I've actually worn out the box too and and turn up, but I have the pages. They're there. If I, I ever need them, I can pull them out and lay them back out. I would like to get it rebound someday. That's awesome. Well, you know what? You can get out your Bible, whatever shape it's in, and you can join us on Morning Breath. And yeah. uh, the Morning Breath guide is what you need, so you know where we're going to be and, and when. Uh, so you need to get on the East Coast app, and download that. If you if you yeah. haven't learned how to use an app yet in this day and age, man, you got to get caught up. <laughs> you are appless. You are behind the curve. So download the East Coast app to your phone or device. Uh, go to the podcast button on there, and uh, there's a Morning Breath guide that tells you what chapter. To, to read. Also, you can get that on our website, eccc.us, under the media menu. There's a morning breath button. You can always call the office, 321-452-1060. We can email you a guide. Uh, I mean, while you're on our website, man, everything's going on there right now. Yeah. Uh, it, all, the, all the church is happening uh, on the website, our YouTube page, our app. That's the place to be. That's right. Online experience is going on. We do invite you to our Facebook page, uh, to our website, uh, you can go to our YouTube t- channel right now. We are doing online services only. Uh, we're getting close. Uh, it's April 22nd. Yeah. They're talking about something around May 1st, and hopefully we'll be able to begin to meet soon and, and get back together uh, at our campuses and go to church. If you've never gone to church, we invite you uh, to go to church online right now and then in the future to go uh, come, come visit us. It's a great way to, to dip a face. toe. You can yeah. dip a toe online without having to feel any nervousness of walking there into a go. building, and then you get to know us, and you come in. Awesome. So uh, we are in uh, chapter fifteen. How many verses? I've looked earlier, but then a uh, forty-one. Yes. So I'm going to read twenty-one because there's a great break there where they do the Jerusalem decree, and uh, the 
kind of make up their minds what they're going to do with the circumstances they find themselves in. And so uh, we're going to hope the Word of God helps us make up our minds about some of the circumstances we're in right now. Awesome. So I'll pick it up at verse 22? Yes, sir. Okay. Then I'm going to get you started, Pastor Dan. In morning breakfast fashion, I say unto you, read, sir. New King James. And certain men came down from Judea and taught the brethren, unless you are circumcised, according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispute with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. So being sent on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, describing the conversion of the Gentiles, and they caused great joy to all the brethren. And when they had come to Jerusalem, they were received by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they reported all things that God had done with them. But some of the sect of the Pharisees who believed rose up, saying, It is necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. Now the apostles and elders came together to consider this matter. And when there had been much dispute, Peter rose up and said to them, Men and brethren, you know that a good while ago God chose among us that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. So God, who knows the heart, acknowledged them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did us and made no distinction between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why do you test God by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved in the same manner as they. Then all the multitude kept silent and listened to Barnabas and Paul, declaring how many miracles and wonders God had worked through them among the Gentiles. And after they had become silent, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, listen to me. Simon has declared how God at first visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written, After this I will return and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins and I will set it up so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. Even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does all these things. Known to God from eternity are all his works. Therefore, I judge that we should not trouble those among the Gentiles who are turning to God, but that we write to them to abstain from things polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from things strangled and from blood. For Moses has had throughout many generations those who preach him in every city, being read in the synagogues every Sabbath. Verse 22, then it pleased the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, who was named Barsabbas, and Silas, leading men among the brethren. They wrote this letter by them, the apostles, the elders, and the brethren, to the brethren who are of the Gentiles in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia. Greetings. Since we have heard that some who went out from us have troubled you with words, unsettling your souls, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandment, it seemed good to us, being assembled with one accord, to send chosen men to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who will also report the same things by word of mouth. 
For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, that you abstain from things offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these things, you do well. Farewell. So when they were sent off, they came to Antioch, and when they had gathered the multitude together, they delivered the letter. When they read it, they rejoiced over its encouragement. Now Judas and Silas, themselves being prophets also, exhorted and strengthened the brethren with many words. And after they had stayed there for a time, they were sent back with greetings from the brethren to the apostles. However, it seemed good to Silas to remain there. Paul and Barnabas also remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of God with many others also. Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord, and see how they are doing. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John, called Mark, but Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they departed, I'm sorry, that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Amen. Well, this is uh, really what we see here, and there's a lot. I, I actually, from this chapter, and this may, may be a little dry, so I don't want to spend much time on it, but for me, this has really lined out church government mm. in a biblical way so that uh, we really understand how decisions, how, how the church should be led, how decisions should be made. That's one of the reasons we always make decisions through plurality. We're not a democracy. A democracy, you know, congregational churches, congregationally led, that everything was done by voting, actually came into existence about the same time America did because of that, you know, democratic system. And Christianity is not a democracy. It's a theocracy. But in God's theocracy, he has appointed people to operate in and under his authority to lead the church. And here we see some great examples of that when we see uh, them all getting together, them all listing, them all sharing, talking. But then you see some, some distinctions. Peter gets up and he says, this is what I see. And then uh, James answered and said, listen to me. And he said a few things that way. Uh, Paul and Barnabas had their input to what had been said. And then uh, James does something pretty powerful. In verse uh, 19, he says, therefore I judge. Mm. So in other words, somebody had to make the ultimate decision. And in this case, there was not 100% agreement. The, Pharise- the group of Pharisees that believed thought that circumcision should be part of salvation and keeping the law of Moses should be part of salvation. And James Judge stood up and said, okay, guys, we're at a disagreement. Somebody has to stand up and say, this is the way it's going to be. And that's how we lead at the church. I've only had to do that two times in almost 30 years here as a senior pastor. Now I am a co-lead pastor at the church Only two times have I had to say, we are making this decision. This is what we've got to do because there was an agreement in our ministry team or our executive team two times in 30 years. Every other time we have been able to say either we're not doing it yet because we don't all agree 
we'll never do it because we don't all agree, or through a period of time, we come into agreement and find the will of God concerning something, and then we can all agree on it, and we can move forward on it. So that's kind of church government in a nutshell. I don't need to go much further in that, but I hope everybody out there uh, is, is trying to lean into the way God set up government in in the church, in Acts. And this is as close as I can find. Now, there are other guidelines and things that Paul brings out for choosing deacons and elders and all of that type of stuff. And all that comes in with it. It's not set aside. But this is a great example on how to lead in a church and how to work together to find the will of God. And in this case, they're trying to to make a decision. Is salvation going to be based on this or is it going to be based on that? And I'm going to let you take it from there because I think you got a lot of good things to say about that. Well, I appreciate that, Pastor Dan. And, and just to just to belabor that point in a slightly longer, I think what you, the point you made about how congregationalism came to be and the value that it that it really doesn't have uh, is really important to keep in mind. Uh, and just to be frank, I'll just be blunt: there are people. If you have a congregational type of church government, you're going to have people. You got the whole church body giving their opinion about something that needs to be done. Who's casting the vision? So you have to have that question. And then, just to be frank, you know what? There are people who show up at your church who aren't walking closely with the Lord, who aren't hearing from the Holy Spirit, and we're going to say, hey, you speak in with equal weight. That just doesn't make any sense. So, you know, that may be hard for some people to hear, but it's, it's the real, it's the truth. Yeah, and when Moses was on the mountain getting the tablets, who God had anointed him to, as a visionary leader, when he came down, the congregation had made—I'm not picking on the congregation like they're bad. They have so much to add, and they are a big part of it. And I've learned so many things from people in our church. It doesn't matter what your position—I'm putting air quotes around that—is. I've learned so much from them, but they ended up with a golden calf. Yeah. And so sometimes— <laughs> With Aaron there to see it. With Aaron to oversee it. Yeah. I think he's actually the guy who made it. But anyway, <laughs> everybody chipped in their gold, and they did it. And that that wasn't obviously the will of God in their situation. And so uh, we do need visionary leadership in the church. It's very important. But we do need to do it in plurality. We need to—if it's vision from God, others will jump on board. Yeah. Others will say, yes, let's do that. And that's what kind of happened here. The The main players in this uh, arrived at the will of God in an incredible uh, in an incredible way, I think. And so, it, it even says, he says in the letter, they're with one accord. They're assembled yeah. with one accord. I yeah. think that's so important. So so what were they talking about? What was the big dispute? The big dispute, it says here, you know, do we keep the law of Moses? Do we have to follow all of those rules and regulations that Moses laid out? Do we need to be circumcised? Uh, in, and it says in, in verse uh, verse 5, uh, is it necessary? Because that's what the Pharisees were saying. The Pharisees came up and they said, it's necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. And I just have to say, you know, there's so much confusion about that. Religion is what religion says. You got to follow the rules plus Jesus. Religion says Jesus, but Jesus plus Jesus also. And it, the bottom line is that the new covenant is Jesus and nothing else. And if you add anything else at all, you destroy what the new covenant is designed to be. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of saying that you still have to keep, and that debate continues to go on. I've even heard people say this. What laws do we pull over from the Old Testament? 
Paul made it so crystal clear in, I believe it's Romans chapter 7, that when you have died to the law, it's just like a woman who her husband has died and now she is free to marry another. He actually uses that exact picture. Yep, yep. And, and so you're either dead to the law because in Christ Jesus we were crucified with him. That's right. And we were buried with him. And now we are born again into a new covenant. And so if we're going to say that you still have to keep the law of Moses in order to be saved, then why did Jesus even come? What's the point of anything that he even did? There is no point. If, if Christ has, has not, if what he did doesn't matter, then we're all wasting our time. Absolutely. And they make the point so well in here that Peter makes the point. He says, look, you guys, you've been trying to do this your whole life. Yes. The Jews have been trying to do this their whole generations, and we have fallen flat on our face. We have not been able to keep the law. And we do know from Scripture that the law was good, it was holy, but it was given to prove we needed salvation by grace through Jesus Christ yeah. and nothing else. I, I've got a couple of equations I wrote my, in, my, uh, in my wide margin, and it says works plus salvation equals zero. The law plus salvation equals zero. And then verse 11 is, is, the, is the statement yes. in this chapter. It says, but we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved in the same manner as they. And, and you can drop in the same manner as they uh, because uh, all he's saying is we're all equal and there's one place that we find that. That's at the foot of the cross and it's by grace you're saved, that not of yourselves, through faith. It is a gift of God. And so it is grace. Legalism turns a relationship of love into a religion of laws. And instead of having a relationship based on love that God, I mean, I have received some incredible gifts in my life. People have done some incredibly kind things for me. And, and it means so much. Other things I've worked for, and they're important, and I worked hard, and I got them. But there is something special about when somebody just says, here, have this, not based on what you're doing, not based on what you've done, not even based on what you will do. Here is an incredible gift. Sometimes that gift in my life has been forgiveness. Somebody who didn't, I didn't deserve it, I didn't earn it, but they just said, look, I forgive you, I love you, let's get beyond this, let's walk past this, let's treat this like it never happened. Yeah. And those moments are so powerful in my life. And that's the moment we all should have had with Jesus. And you can't add anything to that. You can't add anything to it. And that's the that's the thing that we run into is that it is a gift. And we have to get our minds around it being a gift because these guys came up under the law. And so they un they understood that there's there's a certain amount of work toward righteousness that they had to put in under the law. But under grace, there the righteousness, it says in Romans 5, 17, that we receive the gift of righteousness. And it's so hard to get our heads around that because everything that we set our hand to in the world, the world world system says that you have to earn it, you have to work for it, you have to strive for it. Everything that we do, whether we're playing a game, there's rules and we got to obey them and strive to win it. If we're at work, we got to do the work that we're assigned to do. We got to strive to get a promotion. And we get a paycheck at the end yeah. of that. And we, and we, you get dessert when you yeah. eat all your dinner. If, if you've done it. Yes. Yeah. 
But the, the kingdom of God comes in the new covenant and says that this is a free gift. Jesus paid the full price. And so we have to wrap our minds around that this is something that is unique in all of creation. And in every system that's ever been designed, this one is completely different. And it's the same. It's confusing. Uh, like if, if you were talking about those free gifts, Pastor Dan, if somebody brought you a free gift and they said, look, Pastor Dan, I want to give you this. I, I, there's no strings attached. I just want you to have it. Uh, it just pay me $100 a month. <laughs> wait right, a minute. Wait, it's a mixed message. Yes. It's a mixed message. It's a good way to put it, Mark. That is how we we get this. I'm going to, I won't lie, I stole that from Joseph Prince because I thought it was I don't an incredible, incredible picture. It's a mixed message, and that's exactly what the Pharisees are saying. Okay, yes, you could be saved by Jesus, but you still have to make payments on the law. Yes. Is it paid or isn't it paid? Yes. Right, because Jesus said he fulfilled the law and the prophets. Every jot and tittle, so right did, down to the paragraph, uh, right down to the period and the dot on the i. Did he fulfill it or didn't he fulfill he did. it? He and, did. and so we have. So when you and here's the other thing about about religion and legalism, because it's seeded into everything in our world. Sometimes the church makes the mistake of teaching a mixed message, but uh, very often the mixed message is coming in our own minds. Yes. Yes. Our own thoughts condemn yes. us. Yes. And our own thoughts challenge us. I, surely I have to earn this. Surely it can't be this this simple. Surely it's not this way. And so shame begins to creep in, and we hear, you know, we get we get condemned by our thoughts. We get condemned by the kingdom of darkness that begins to tell us that no way, it's not this simple. You're not worthy. And that's true. We're not worthy. <laughs> but Jesus has made us worthy. Yes. But And once we receive that gift of righteousness, then we have to get our minds around the fact that we are as righteous as Jesus. Jesus is. And so it doesn't matter the mistake you made. It doesn't matter the thing you said. It doesn't matter that dumb thing you did. Jesus has forever and completely forgiven that. I remember hearing you say this on on, on this show, Pastor Dan, years ago. Did Jesus die for our sins or didn't he? Come on. He did. But it's one or the other. It's not. It can't see, be both. See, here's the problem. When you, you have that creep into your thinking and maybe uh, it ends up with guilt or shame, like you said, or even duty. Those things don't have the power to help you do it. In fact, those things rob you and make it even harder to live the free Christian life. I, I wrote some other things down. Legalism turns people from encouragers to fault finders. Mm. Legalism emphasizes outward conformity rather than inward transformation. Legalism promotes behavior modification rather than transformation. Yes. The problem with legalism religion is it actually doesn't have the power to do what it's asking you to do. That's right. And and therefore, you know, you 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 you're caught in this horrible place of I should but I can't. I want to, and Paul even said, and I believe he was talking about it from before Christ in his life, saying that which I would, I cannot, and that which I don't want to do, I do. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will save me from this? And the next line, he talks about Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Because yeah. he is the only one that could say it isn't legalism or religion that can can change you. It can't. It'll keep you, actually keeps you in bondage. It actually increases your bondage in that situation. You said something earlier about the law that it is holy, just, and good, and it is. Yep. And we're not saying differently, but here's the, here's the, the, the catch. The law is holy, just, and good, <laughs> but it has no power to make us holy, just, or good. 
Oh, that it's, is it's, wonderful. It's powerless to pull us up. The law can say you've fallen short, but it can't reach down and lift us up. And that's why it's so valuable in John 1, 17, that it says the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Where the, the law, we were given a stone, and we were given it from a distance, and we were given it in a scary situation mm. where there was, there was wrath and fire and smoke and shaking and darkness. But in grace, God came, and he hand-delivered a message. And he wrapped his arms around us, and he said, this is my heart. And the message of grace is so different because it was hand-delivered by the person of Jesus, God in the flesh. That If that doesn't describe the difference between the law and grace, I don't know how else you could do it. Woo! We'll try to do it some more, though, when we get back from this break. <laughs> you are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too small or too big. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Or visit us online at ineedafencenow.com. Take this year with God at East Coast Christian University to truly understand why and how to continue your destiny and walk with Christ. Earn your associate's, bachelor's, and master's degree. Our instructors are experienced, helpful, and show a genuine love for studying the Word of God. East Coast Christian University is located at 670 North Courtney Parkway, Merritt Island. For more information, our number is 452-1060, extension 131, and our website is eccuequipped.com. Langston Commercial Real Estate, owned by Scott Langston, a senior commercial broker, has been selling real estate and giving free consultations for over 18 years. Scott Langston will show you the best way to buy, invest, or lease commercial property. 321-403-1111. That's 321-403-1111. Hey everyone, this is Chris Johnson, and I wanted to share some exciting news with our Morning Breath family. My friend, Mike Green, and I had the honor of writing and producing our first EP called Moments Matter. Mike, a local business owner and Morning Breath supporter, along with myself, have been a part of East Coast Christian Center and Morning Breath together for almost two decades. And so we wanted to let you in on a preview of the music and to let you know that Moments Matter, our first single from the EP, is out now. You can buy, stream, or share it now on Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere music is sold, or check out willingheartmusic.com. We pray these songs will inspire you to make the most of every moment God gives you. Coast Vieira meets every week at Vieira High School at 9.15 and 10.45 with a high energy and dynamic children's ministry for all ages. East Coast Vieira Youth meets every Sunday night at 6 p.m. For more information or to learn more, our website is vieira.eccc.us. Welcome back to the show. 
This is Morning Breath. Amen. Pastor Mark's going to read a little bit of a letter, and we'll close up with a thought on that. Uh, this is in uh, verse 24. Is that where you start? Yeah, verse yeah. 24. This is the letter that they wrote. I think it's so cool that we have a letter that they wrote. Oh, it's crazy. Since we have heard that some who went out from us have troubled you with words, unsettling your souls. You know what? The law will unsettle your soul because when you try to keep it, you're always going to fail. And it will cause you endless frustration and consternation. And the condemnation that comes with that failure unsettles your soul. But I want to tell you, these are the words of Jesus from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 29. Mm. He said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Come on. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And listen, and you will find rest for your souls. Mm, man. One of the easiest ways to know whether you're chasing the law or whether you're chasing grace is if you're at rest. And if your soul is troubled, if your soul is troubled, just look at Jesus. Mm, I, don't, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> uh, there isn't really much else we need to say about that, Mark. Uh, you know, I think, in, in all honesty, everyone who has met Christ, that is your portion. The problem is... The words you've heard and the things you've seen in this life actually sort of create baggage. And our prayer for you today is all that baggage of religion, legalism, conformity, behavior modification, all that would evaporate in the transformation from death to life because you are raised with Christ. Amen. God bless. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.